0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Here's an attractive sales pitch. Hey, how would you like to drop everything you're doing, uproot your family, move to New York, and be a stopgap till we can hire the guy we really like? I'm sure that's not how the Mets open the phone call. But if you read between the lines, that's why the search for a president of baseball operations has been postponed and the search for a lesser-known GM has picked up steam. The Mets, for a good reason, crushing hard on the Brewers' David Stearns. He's the dreamy Jake Ryan that Samantha pined for in 16 Candles all those years ago. I'm not saying the Mets will end up with Farmer Ted as they wait out Jake, but it does look like whoever they do get will be a sharp guy, a good hire, Then have a chance to prove that he belongs long-term after all. You know, I've already spilled a lot of narrative here before the song. Here, here's a freaking song. Mets in the morning Mets in the morning Oh yeah Mets in the morning Gonna tell you what the Mets are doing While coffee is brewing Now here's Josh Lewin Scootily down So the Mets have gone down a long list of potential candidates for the GM position. And finally, it does indeed look like we might have some closure. Talk of former Washington front office assistant Adam Cromey. He's at the top of the list, along with Angel's former GM, Billy Epler. Closure and clarity soon. For God's sake, please, soon. Josh Lubin, with you. And will this new GM be in charge for just one year? It's possible. Let me give you some personal perspective going back to 1997 to let you know this is not as crazy as you might think it is. That year, 97, I was hired to join Harry Carey and Steve Stone in the WGN Cubs broadcast booth. And by the way, the Cubs started out 0-14 that year. They finally won game one of a doubleheader at Shea to get off the schneid. I was the new guy, and people thought I was Cousin Oliver on Brady Bunch, new cast member that nobody asked for, and he's a total... Goofball jinx and never should have joined the show. Anyway, what was offered to me as a young, aspiring, up-and-coming broadcaster is we're going to give you three years, a three-year deal. The first year, you're going to actually do what you really want to do and what you're going to become famous for. You're going to be the Road Games broadcaster along with Steve Stone. You'll do a little bit at home with Harry. And we might be grooming you to take over for Harry someday, but... There's this guy named Chip Carey, who's Harry's grandson, and if we can ever get him, that's the home run hire. Are you good with that, Josh? I was good with that. I knew full well that the specter of Chip Carey loomed large, and sure enough, uh, they upped their offer. They got him away from the Orlando Magic, and much to Harry's happiness, they, they got in the guy they really wanted. Was it a good deal for me? Well, it was a weird deal for me because I had no guarantees that I'd be doing the job I really wanted to do for more than one year, but it got me going in the industry. And I'm, I'm just saying it's a little bit similar here with how the Mets are positioning this. It's not as weird as you might think. If you're a young guy who wants to prove himself and you actually think you got some skills, it might be worth coming in and taking the GM job for just a year. And David Stearns, Uh, He might be worth the wait. It all reminds me of that Seinfeld episode where that random couple, Beth and David, are breaking up. Then Jerry and Elaine, who are hot for Beth and David, respectively, talk about how they've been waiting out that marriage for years. And and now it may be time to act. I'll be there for you. Then, eventually, we'll just be there. That's where the Mets are, I think, with Stearns. He's the David. The, The Brewers are Beth. And the Mets are waiting out that marriage. Stearns' backstory, Uh, his first front office job came with the Indians 10 years ago. And we know what a great decade that franchise, uh, franchise had in the 2010s. He joined the Astros in 2012, was with them through the rebuild. The Brewers stole him away in 2015. And when he took over, the Brewers had only made the playoffs four times ever. They've now made it four years in a row. In 53 seasons, that club had won at least 95 games five times. Two of those five times, that's during the David Stearns tenure, including last year. No relation to former Mets catcher and University of Colorado safety John Stearns, the bad dude, who was so fast for a catcher. 25 steals and 78 to lead the team as a catcher. And he still holds the all-time interceptions record at Colorado, believe it or not. And I know that because UCLA just played Colorado and I, I looked it up. Anyway, if the so-called stopgap guy and you know may or may not be stopgap maybe it's forever if it ends up being adam Cromie, uh what makes this guy so attractive here an assistant gm turned lawyer he spent a decade in the nationals organization moved up through the minor league system as a scout became their director of baseball operations and analytics he was promoted to assistant gm helped lead the nationals to a postseason appearance a couple times He did all that while putting himself through law school at the same time. It's impressive. And he works as an attorney now for Jones Day in Pittsburgh, where he and his wife are originally from. And you know what? As our buddy Dave Lennon wrote over the weekend, everyone will quickly forget the GM follies, regardless of who winds up with the job, if the Mets write big checks to get Starling Marte and Chris Bryant into Flushing. It happened last year with Lindor, who, by the way, just celebrated a birthday over the weekend. Feliz Adades ati Got to get an outfielder right now. At least one. Now the Conforto has turned down the qualifying offer. And yes, by the way, let's talk about that. At the GM meetings in Carlsbad, Super Agent Scott Boris holding court as usual. And got to say, this year's menu of metaphors wasn't up to its usual standard. I think Scott is now starting to sound like Gene Shalit doing movie reviews on the Today Show 30 years ago.
1: I haven't been this scared since I was mugged by Gene Shalit. Don't panic, Room. I'm
0: not going to William Hurt you. I only want your tango and cash. So just pay it forward and we'll all be happy Gilmore. What? Michael Conforto is a National League East beast, is what Boris said. He hits velocity better than most. He's a great defender. I'm agreeing with all this, by the way. There are no teams coming to me suggesting that Michael is not going to get probably similar to what he would have gotten after the 2020 season. They all know who he is, and what happened to him early in 2021 was kind of unrelated to his ability, meaning recovering from COVID. Uh, Here's more. Conforto has been... The King of Diamonds, Little League World Series, College World Series. And as a met, he's been an all-star and huge in the World Series. Basically, he has become the King of Queens. All right, lighten up, Francis. I mean, I love Conforto, too. I hope he comes back someday. One of my favorite Mets. But the King of Queens? Michael Conforto is going to walk down Junction Boulevard and get mobbed by passersby? No. Anyway. Among the first orders of business for the new GM, not just finding some new players, but finding a manager and filling out a coaching staff. Here was Sandy Alderson at the GM meetings, courtesy of SNY. The
1: good news in that regard is that side may be from Oakland. I would expect, you know, in most cases they hire from within. There's nobody else looking for a manager. So in that sense, you know, we're not competing with three or four other clubs, which... It's not always the case you know in early november so i'm not we're not complacent about it but i think the situation i I think the circumstances um um are somewhat favorable just because there isn't a lot of competition right now
0: yeah so manager search as soon as the gm comes aboard and player wise sandy said there was a strong leaning against signing a free agent who has a qualifying offer attached to him and i get it because remember the mets gained first round compensation for this coming June when they failed to sign Kumar Rocker. They now have the 11th and 14th overall picks. If they sign a qualified free agent, they would lose that 14th pick. And keep in mind, the Mets no longer have five of their last seven first-round picks. They've traded away Anthony Kay, Justin Dunn, Jared Kelnick, Pete Crow Armstrong, and they didn't sign Rocker. They do have strength at the top of their prospect ranks. They've got the Francisco Alvarez's and Brett Beatty's, but they need depth. So, just opinion, but... This is not an organization that should just willy-nilly give up the 14th pick. That would take some starting pitchers, for example, out of the equation here. You're not going to sign Robbie Ray or Eddie Rodriguez or Justin Verlander. A couple other items real quick before we get to today's Mets prospect interview with reliever Brian Matoyer, a guy whose last name begins with Met. for golly sakes. Some sad news to report on Pedro Feliciano, uh, the reliever who was the workhorse of the Mets bullpen for five years, including three straight seasons where he led the majors in appearances. That's why they called him Perpetual Pedro. He died last week at his home in Puerto Rico. He was only 45. Uh, No cause was given, but we know that he he had a rare genetic heart condition. Lefty joined the Mets after seven years in the minors and went on to spend his entire nine-year big league career in Queens pitched a total of 484 games as a Met, second most in Mets history behind John Franco. His one-time manager, Bobby V, in the news these days, 71 years old now. He barely lost the mayoral election in his hometown of Stamford, Connecticut. He, of course, is still a successful restaurateur. He has spent eight years as the AD at Sacred Heart. He's had a really interesting existence, of course, and very cool to find out there's an autobiography coming out soon. Valentine's Way, co-authored by the great Peter Golenbach. That I would stop watching 90 Day Fiancé for, at least for a, for maybe a week. All right, let's move along. Brian Matoyer is a guy whose last name kind of looks like the word meteor, which is awesome if he threw a 99-mile-an-hour fastball, but he doesn't. And that's why he was drafted in the 40th and final round a few years back, not in the first or second round. Used to be, if you don't know this, there used to be unlimited rounds of the draft. That's why Mike Piazza was famously a 62nd round pick of the Dodgers back in the day as a favor cashed in by his godfather Tommy Lasorda. The Astros in 1989 drafted literally 100 players, none of them after round 42 ever signed. They just cast a net over 58 more guys, came up with nothing. Worst episode of Deadliest Catch Ever. But anyway, with Matoyer, just like fellow late draftee Seth Lugo, Louisiana native, and a spin rate guy. Matoyer just turned 25 this weekend. He's from the impossible to spell Nachitoches, Louisiana, played at LSU Alexandria. Only six home runs allowed in 104 pro innings so far, and that will absolutely play. That spin rate... And the spin on the curve, that's what baffled A-ball hitters last year. Matoyer at Brooklyn, a 2.180 RA, 46 strikeouts in 33 innings. But without another killer pitch besides the curve, his ceiling thought to be kind of limited. But that's what the Fall League is for. See if he can develop something else. And at first, it didn't go real well. First three games in the AFL, two and two-thirds innings, four hits, seven walks. That's uh, 11 base runners against 8 outs. But since then, 5 and a 3rd innings, 2 hits, 1 walk, 11 strikeouts. So things are starting to click. And anyway, before that AFL season started, we caught up with them. Let's meet the Matoyer after this. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to
1: turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution. That will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.
0: With Brian McToyer, a right-hander who struck out a lot of guys for Brooklyn and Binghamton this past year let's talk about that were you always that guy I mean even in Little League were you striking guys out um yes 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 I was (laughs) Uh, yeah I started pitching
2: when I was about nine years old and uh it just kind of came easy you know it
0: was something fun I like to do and I was good at it so (laughs) yeah I guess when you're good at something you stay with it why did it take you till nine what were you doing ages like five through eight uh I don't know (laughs) (laughs) just hanging out being a first grader yeah (laughs)
2: just just uh getting a feel for the game really um but when I figured it out you know it was just I never went back never looked back you know I was I was first base
0: before okay (laughs) but uh you're you're a good athlete though I mean were there other sports that had your interest or was it like okay I love baseball and that's it uh yeah I I love
2: basketball coming up growing up too yeah I played basketball in middle school but uh after that,
0: it didn't. It was it was baseball, baseball. After that, you know. So, who were the guys that you looked up to growing up where you did? I, I'm imagining there were Astros fans around you, maybe Braves fans around you. Did did you peek at that? Uh, I was a big Cubs fan actually. Oh, okay,
2: yeah, the whole family was. Uh, I was Sammy Sosa and Carlos Zambrano were my two favorite players. Uh, I liked watching them. I liked Carlos how he pitched,
0: and uh, really fell in love with that. Yeah. So. Did you ever get to go see the Cubs in person? Were you guys able to do that? I did not, unfortunately, yeah. So just to kind of back up a little bit, you're you're turning 25. I mean, and and this is one of those deals where, look, I mean, LSU Alexandria doesn't get 50 scouts at games, right? I mean, so for you to get discovered, you had to have been doing something pretty well. When did you get the sense that, hey, wow, maybe I could do this for a living someday? Um... I've always had
2: the confidence that I could play pro ball one day. That was never a thought that left my mind actually. But uh, there were ups and downs, but I would say probably my when I got to LSUA after that year, that had, I made a big jump. So uh
0: yeah, after that year I was all right. I, I thought th- I had a shot, so I, I just to pull the curtain back a little bit. It just now dawned on me. I'm sitting here in a UCLA shirt interviewing an LSU guy. <laughs> And that in football did not go well for you all this year, and I apologize for that. Um, this past year, uh, you were at Brooklyn pretty much all the way, a couple games with Binghamton. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the Brooklyn experience, because that's a long way from where you grew up in Louisiana. Long way, a little, little bit of cultural shock. You know, the city, the big city,
2: definitely something I had to get used to. But uh, a lot of ups and downs, battled with an injury during yeah. uh, the season during Brooklyn, but was able to bounce back and um, put together a good year uh, there but, um but yeah it was it was fun. I mean, I had to just go back to how I was as a kid and have fun playing the game and not work the game, you know because at the end of the day, it is baseball and you and you play it, you don't really
0: work it, you yeah, know what I mean? yeah, right on so. well, but you know you you hit on something going and and plunking down in Brooklyn for a summer. I'm just fascinated at how mm-hmm. you know, and it's not like your town had one stoplight, I mean, Toches is you know a halfway mm-hmm. decent sized town. But it sure ain't New York City. It's yes. not Brooklyn. So give me a little bit of flavor on that. What was your first impression of where you landed? Wow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, had, I had never been to a big city like that before. i never really been that far up north either. Uh, the weather, everything was a big was a big shock. Uh, something I had
0: to get used to. But uh, I adjusted fairly quickly, so it was no problems. What was the living arrangement like? I mean, it's not like in, in Brooklyn... You can go out and just find somebody's three-bedroom house to set up in most of the time. So what was it like? Uh, we, we lived in a hotel. We stayed in the hotel the whole, uh, the whole season. Um wasn't bad. A little small, but we made it work. You okay. Know? So when you were actually on the mound, and I'm looking at your stats over the course of things here, you've only given up six home runs in 104 innings. So obviously, uh, I would think that's a point of pride. I mean, people are not hitting the ball solidly off you very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um,
2: you know that's the whole goal—just weak contact, you know. And uh,
0: when you're not putting runners on, you know those few home runs don't really do that a whole lot of damage. Right, you know. Yeah, exactly. Now, and and just again to kind of fill people in, the the original scouting report on you had you at six four, one sixty. What what are you now? Uh, I'm about six four right under 180 about 177 okay i'm a little
2: little bit thicker than i used to be
0: (laughs) was that all i mean were you just kind of all lean muscle when you first signed is that are you just like eating cheeseburgers or are you lifting weights so what what is the weight gain um a little combination of everything you
2: know uh i burn i could pretty much eat anything you know (laughs) and without having a problem so Hmm. but weight gain has been a struggle but it's something i've been able to overcome
0: here lately and you know, keep on some pounds. How does it work when when you show up for the Arizona Fall League? Do they take you aside and say, "Here exactly is what we want you to work on," or is it more like, "Hey, let's just kind of throw it out there and see what you got"? Um, it's more just about uh, sharpening the game,
2: your game, you know, and, and getting an opportunity to face better hitters is is something that you know I'm grateful for and thankful for the opportunity to you know see what how your stuff
0: plays against these top prospects you know it's, yeah. it's very exciting so do you wear that i mean cuz look 40th round picks again don't usually get a lot of attention and don't usually get invited invited to something like the Arizona yeah. fall league so you've opened a lot of eyes which is to your credit but do you carry with you that hey you know i was not a top 10 or top 20 pick or does that not even matter to you um yeah it, it doesn't really matter to me it, in, in
2: my eyes i think we're all in the same boat whether yeah first round or last round i mean you know that we all get the same opportunity you mm-hmm. know so i think it's just all about you know
0: being prepared for the opportunity so what would have you been doing these couple months if you hadn't been tapped on the shoulder and told we really want you out in arizona what was your off season gonna be like um definitely spend some time with the family you know
2: hadn't seen them in so long but uh just work on the weaknesses of uh, evaluating the season and and picking points where I can grow and, and take my game to the
0: next level. So so to get a little less vague about that, if there's one thing about your game that you'd really want to improve right now, and it doesn't look like it needs much improving, but what's the, the if there's one thing to come out of here with to say, I got better at blank, what, what is that? Um, definitely change-up. I, I, I've been working on change-up for a while and definitely getting better at it, but uh, still not where I want it to be, so... Are there pitching coaches that you've had, Brian, that, that have gotten you to a point where you've got a better feel for it uh, and, and they explain it well enough? Is it just a matter of getting out there and harnessing it? Um, yes. Uh, there's a pitching coach I work with back home, uh,
2: Mr. Kerry Lampkin. He definitely helps me out it gives me a lot of confidence. And Kyle Driscoll with mm. the
0: Mets, he's helped out a whole lot. So. And, yeah, another thing is just the confidence. Yeah. Know. Is it tough sometimes when you hear different versions of advice? Because everybody's got an idea, you know, hold it this way, take, you know, do this, do that. Do, and mm-hmm. I would think at some point it's kind of, you know, wow, I've heard five different things. So how do you filter that? Um, for me, it's more, it's more just trial
2: and error. Okay. You know, I I, talk, I like to take in everybody's thoughts and opinions on everything, you know, because baseball is a, a, a big language, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, it's so
0: I like to just, you know, trial and error. You mentioned your family, and if you don't mind uh, letting us into your circle just a little mm-hmm. bit, who's your family, and, and what what are mom and dad all about? Uh, so I grew up uh, with a single mom. Okay, uh,
2: you know she works hard and 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 uh, sacrificed a lot to put me in the position that I am. I'm in, and uh, she's yeah one of my best friends. So she yeah. get to go to Brooklyn to see you pitch it all this summer. She hasn't unfortunately, but definitely.
0: Uh, looking forward to getting her out here to come watch me play a few games so yeah a little easier to come west than it is up to brooklyn was she scared of going to brooklyn or she just couldn't make it i uh, just couldn't make it all right yeah all right fair enough so uh what else and who else in your circle back home are there guys that you grew up with that, that uh, are playing baseball too or is it more just like hey these were the guys from my neighborhood and that's who i still am friends with. Um, no, nah, everybody in my neighborhood wanted to play basketball. I was the only kid that wanted to uh, <laughs> grab You
2: were a the weirdo. Was, yeah, yeah, I was the eyeball. But um, my grandfather, he was always willing to go out in the yard and play with me and, and uh, you know, teach me the game and everything that I know I know, know now. He was a big part of that. And uh, But, yeah,
0: a lot of coaches along the way. I mean, I can sit here all day and name them all if yeah. you like. But. <laughs> Nah, that's okay. I do want to ask you before you go, though, uh, I, I couldn't help but notice you got a little bit of ink. Not a lot, but a little bit yeah. on that left bicep. Yeah. So what, what, what is that? Because I don't want to read it uh, uh, and be wrong. This is uh, Nehemiah 810. Do not grieve,
2: for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Okay. This is the oh, yeah. uh, first tattoo I got when I was 18. And mom was graduated. okay with that? Yeah, yeah. She was cool with it. Yeah, it, it means a lot. I, w- I wouldn't have put it on me if it, if it you know, for nothing. You
0: know, yeah, and you're, I mean, you're not planning to sleeve out and continue this. is just that one is probably enough. Uh, we'll, we'll see.
2: Uh, <laughs> we'll see where life goes, and you know, I'll add on as
0: as the time goes. So, the last one for you, Brian. If there were, was one thing that you would say to Mets fans, because they'll be looking out for you now. I mean, you've opened eyes, like we said, big strikeout numbers. Uh, that you know, we strike out 52 guys in 36 innings people say, wait, who who is this guy? So if you were to put it on a billboard and tell people this is who I am and this is what I'd like to be, how how would you do that?
2: Um, I would just say I'll I'll never give anything less than 110% at anything I do, whether it's baseball or anything else in life. So I would say that that's the
0: main thing. That's a good thing to say to a Mets fan, for sure. Good luck, brother. Thank you. Thank you. All right, big thanks to Brian Metoyer. Again, if M-E-T is how you start the spelling of your last name, I'm in. Uh, the only Met who ever began M-E-T, the pitcher Butch Metzger, who was only briefly a Met in 1978. That was two years after he'd been National League Rookie of the Year for the Padres, but never found his control in his two months as a Met. He got released with 22 walks against 21 strikeouts, a Met CRA of 6.51. Here's hoping this M-E-T works out a little better. Hey, do you do you hear music? I do. Means the podcast is ending. And we salute the house band. On keyboards, Don Ossie. slap into bass. Terrence Long. The horn section, give it up for Pat Strange. And on drums, Frank Seminara. This is Josh Lewin. You can find me on Twitter, at Josh Lewin Stuff. Join me next week when hopefully there's a GM on board. I think we're all ready. Talk soon, and let's go Mets!
1: Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best